0: 9.15, let's have a great day, everybody. Everyone pretend podcasting isn't boring.
1: I'm upset!
0: Elder! I'm upset! My
1: boys waited, weak
0: Say what again? Say what again?
1: Ancestors protect me. Me they protect you? It is perfectly fine to watch TV all day. And where we go. What's up, everyone? Welcome to Don't Quote Me On That, the show that brings you a lot of opinions and offers very little credibility. My name is Nick.
0: And I'm Dallin, and we are stoked to talk about the latest in movies, TV, and more with you today.
1: If you like what we're doing, make sure to check us out on Instagram and Twitter at Don't Quote Me underscore pod. Again, that's at Don't Quote Me underscore pod.
0: Thank you all for listening. Let's roll. Dallin, boy, have I missed your voice. I've missed your voice. I've missed your smell. I've missed. I've missed you. How have you been? Missed your touch. Yeah. Um. What? (laughs) Just kidding.
1: Uh, I'm great. I'm great, Dallin. I have been doing good. Yeah. Holidays were fun. Pretty eventful. And it's good to have it over though, and to be settling back into a routine and stuff. Just hanging out at my parents' house still until I go back for uh, the next semester.
0: Yeah, so walk me through your break geographically because you mentioned that you were in Florida or something. I
1: was in Florida for a bit. So yeah, I've been home in Colorado for ever since after Thanksgiving. And then after Christmas, my girlfriend and I went down to visit my grandma. So it was nice to just get away from all of the snow and stuff and just relax in some warm weather.
0: That's awesome. And then you came back to Colorado. So you went, you were in Colorado, then Florida, then back to Colorado. Exactly.
1: Yeah. But oh my gosh, the travel journey was such an ordeal. (laughs) Let me just tell you about it. So on the way down there, we were flying with my cousin, my older cousin. And she, as we were about to take off, is checking her email and says, so I just got positive for COVID. And we were like, oh, are you kidding me? We're sitting right next to you and we're going to be stuck on this plane for a couple hours. So um, <laughs> once we dropped her off, we were like, what do we do? Like, we're, we're going to see my grandma. This isn't okay. So, I mean, we were wearing masks the whole time, obviously trying to stay far away from her. And right. And um, once we get there, you know, we, We keep our distance from my grandma. Try to interact with her as little as possible and stay outside and stuff while we're staying at her house. And then uh, we were totally fine. You know, didn't have any symptoms. Got tested and were negative, so that was a huge relief. But then coming back earlier this week, our flight—we were flying commercially—and our flight got delayed for 24 hours. So we were sitting on the airplane on the day it was scheduled to leave for probably three hours. And then wait you was, were
0: on the plane, you're on the plane expecting to take off and then they delayed take off it for
1: 24 hours. Exactly. So what happened was we were, um, I, I don't know exactly why they had to shut this down, but air traffic control in Jacksonville kind of controls everything that goes Northwest. So, you know, that's exactly the direction we need to go. And, they had a COVID outbreak or something so they had to shut down the whole facility and then because of that pretty much every flight going northwest was grounded and then our crew timed out so they couldn't get anybody else to relieve them so at first they were keeping us on the planks they thought that we could get out eventually but then they never got a crew so they were just dragging us along this whole time and it was awful so finally after like four hours they let us off they reschedule for you know maybe tonight but they won't give us an answer for sure wait a couple more hours and then they finally say yeah it's gonna be tomorrow so then we have to call my grandma ask her to come back and get us and then we were back at 6 a.m the next morning it was such a awful day that <laughs> horrible yeah so united if you're listening to this Screw you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that reminds me. I can't remember if it's a John Mullaney bit or a Mike Birbiglia. I can't remember, <laughs> but he's talking about. I know about, what you're talking
1: about. It's John Mulaney.
0: <laughs> he's like, there's this airline. I don't want to say their name. Let's call them Delta Airline. And he just, he just wrecks them. But um, and I'll show up at the airport and I go, can I get on the plane now, please? And they go, no, it's delayed nine hours.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and I go, okay and then I go to the bathroom and then I come out of the bathroom and I go, any updates? And they go, yeah, we took off while you were in the bathroom because we hate you. Now take this meal voucher that doesn't work. Go fetch.
0: Anyway, United, yeah. I haven't had great experiences with United either, but glad you made it home safely. Glad you were able to see your grandma. You should have started screaming. Uh, She has COVID on the plane just to kind of spark a panic. In, in sight, kind of a plain, yeah. plain uh riot of sorts, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> just kidding. I'm glad everybody's good, um, yep. and everyone's healthy, so
1: it's all good. What about you? Know. How was your holiday?
0: Yeah, mine was great. We were in Denver for I think only four days, and then we flew to Seattle to be with Kelsey's parents for 11 nights, which was wow. the longest we had ever been there. It was really great uh, mostly because of my father-in-law jeff's theater room Uh, so he he's worked for sony or he had worked for sony for a long time now he works for epson selling projectors and so he has like the nicest equipment and so every night i was just laying out on on a recliner with a minky blanket watching any movie that i wanted and man that was that was bliss that is my dream
1: An amazing home theater.
0: Oh, I know. Like his his theater room too. He's got like all the Star Wars Legos up. He's got all these movie posters, and just like it's it's like every guy's dream. I think <laughs> makes me jealous. Yeah,
1: you and I both have a lot of Star Wars Legos, so we we need somewhere to hide them.
0: <laughs> yeah, I haven't seen your Star Wars Legos. Uh, I got. I got. You
1: um, I got Baby Yoda for Christmas.
0: Oh nice. <laughs> uh, do you mean Gr- Gra- Grogu?
1: Grogu. Surprised you know that.
0: <laughs> name isn't baby yoda true fans no no but that's cool i haven't you'll, you'll need to send me a picture or something
1: oh yeah it's it's pretty cute
0: <laughs> we did a man we did a an atst we did a the millennium falcon and there was a third one oh, a y-wing like a bomber oh uh yeah took us a long time but way fun
1: legos are so fun i've always liked them
0: yeah, we we worked on the Legos in the theater room while having Star Wars on, and that's <laughs> as good as it gets, I think. Oh, um, great! Well, well, there. Since we've been gone for a while, there's been a bit of a hiatus um, from the podcast. There is a lot of news to cover, uh, so why don't you get us started?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, like like you said, you know, we've been gone for the last two weeks, so. This is a bunch of stuff, and we're we're holding back a little bit so that we can save some for next week too, because there's quite a bit to get through. But first, bit of news contains a slight spoiler for season two of The Mandalorian. So if you haven't finished that yet, maybe cover your ears for the next thirty seconds. But or just hit that, that yeah, advance thirty skip seconds button fifteen yeah. yeah. So at the very last scene of season two there's a teaser for another Star Wars Disney Plus series called The Book of Boba Fett coming out December 2021. So this will push The Mandalorian Season 3 to early 2022. But I'm not complaining. A Boba Fett spinoff series sounds amazing.
0: Sounds like you're complaining a little bit. Are you not miffed at all by this? (laughs) No. (laughs) Why would I be miffed? Is it because the Mandalorian season three got pushed a little bit? I mean, you're all good? Oh, I'm all
1: good. I think, you know, take your time, make that show perfect.
0: Yeah, you can't have your cake and eat it too, Nick. Yeah. Right. You can't have every Star Wars show at once. You know, you got to. And, and that's OK. I'm fine with that. <laughs> I can uh, wait. I can
1: wait. I'll be patient.
0: So there's some ensuing drama with. You know, it's kind of been an ongoing and evolving situation ever since Warner Bros. announced that they were going to release their theatrical movies to their streaming service, HBO Max, simultaneously. And so theaters are fighting back and they're saying, well, maybe we're going to slash ticket prices uh, so that you guys don't get anything, right? Because the movie theaters make the most of their profit from snacks and yeah. so their their job is just to get people into the theater right and then people will purchase snacks and that's kind of um how they affect their bottom line the most and uh, so there's been kind of some back and forth there
1: i think that's a, an awesome move by the theater companies good for them for standing up for themselves because otherwise
0: theaters would be wiped out yeah and that's obviously the last thing we want to happen we're both um, proponents or fans of the theatrical experience. Um, I also know that the producers of Dune, those involved making the film, have been threatening to sue Warner Brothers. Yeah, because there, there's multiple
1: studios involved, if I'm correct. I think, so while Warner Brothers is distributing it, another studio also helped them finance the production, and that is the studio. That's suing Warner Brothers because Warner Brothers made this decision without consulting them.
0: Yeah, and I think that's how Warner Brothers shot themselves in the foot a little bit, and and not just with the decision, but the fact that you know they didn't they released it to the public before consulting with this other studio, (laughs) which
1: seems, I mean, idiotic for lack of a better word for a major Hollywood company to make such a egregious mistake to all of their working partners.
0: Yeah the consequences have been very predictable of their move and and how they handled it. But I'm, I am all for Dune only going out in theaters at first to preserve its franchise potential. That's what Denis has said. He, I think Denis said that, uh, you know, Warner Bros has basically Mm -hmm. killed what could have been a franchise. Yeah. Well, it's, it's planned as two movies, correct? Already. Was it two two or three? I think, I think you might be right. I thought it was two. I thought it
1: was the, the main Dune book was being split into two movies that were being tackled and then potential spinoffs. Okay, yeah, that sounds right. So I think, yeah, the sequel was obviously a major concern because that, you know, won't come out for another year or two. So it wouldn't fall under the HBO Max thing. But if people haven't gone to see Dune in theaters, then they're not going to go to see Dune too. So
0: Well, that's the problem. If yeah. Dune, Dune doesn't turn a profit and it... Probably wouldn't if it was released on HBO Max at the same time as in theaters, then there wouldn't be a whole lot of reason to finance a a sequel or another Dune project. So anyway, Warner Brothers is considering going back on their decision just for Dune. Um, That's pretty much I I would say that's their biggest movie of the year. And they would be wise to make some sort of exception for that film. um, So especially their own
1: growth. Yeah. Outside of D.C. stuff, which we'll we'll talk about next. But. Um, Yeah, Dune is absolutely their their biggest film besides the DC stuff.
0: Right on. So Wonder Woman 3 was announced. Uh, Patty Jenkins, who directed the first two, is confirmed to return. Can I get the email of whoever approved this decision?
1: I know you have a lot of choice things to say about Wonder Woman 84 that we'll get to later, but I mean... DC has a lot of faith in Patty Jenkins, so I think probably Wonder Woman 3 has been in the books the whole time, but it was only announced right after 1984 came out.
0: Yeah, and I will be curious. Not everyone hated Wonder Woman 1984 as much as I did, but the response has been very lukewarm, I would say. And it's it's mixed to negative. That's Exactly. For sure. Which is why it's surprising to me, because I don't know how many are going to saddle up for the third installment. I know I won't be, yeah. but I'll, I'll I'll be interested to see if it's a profitable movie. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty surprised at this. Yeah, actually. I guess we'll wait to
1: see. I kind of hope they they bring it into the modern timeline now because we've had two period pieces and I don't know. I want to see what either Wonder Woman's doing today after Justice League or, you know, just do something different instead of a historical piece again.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah, and like you said, it's, it's, I think it'd be better if yeah. it was in modern time. And I heard they're going to bring Chris Pine back. Um, You're kidding. He's going to, no, I'm just kidding. Okay, good. <laughs> he's going to inhabit some innocent guy's body for the but whole this movie. This time it'll
1: be like a woman. So it's like a Freaky Friday body swap thing. <laughs> it's, yeah. It's kind of like a comedy almost. Maybe he takes over Wonder Woman's body. That'd be kind of crazy.
0: Yeah, the tone is really confusing (laughs) in this third Wonder Woman movie. It was confusing Um, in the
1: second. Um, Anyway, more Warner Brothers news with DC. So apparently they are planning to release four movies theatrically in two HBO Max movies a year moving forward. And Static Shock and Batgirl are supposed to be the first HBO Max DC films. So interesting move. Kind of seems like a direct... um, dig at what marvel's doing trying to copy them once again it didn't work too well the first time they tried to copy marvel and make their own cinematic universe but i think they have a lot of cool properties to do stuff with and they have some cool people attached to these so hopefully we are getting some more quality dc content moving forward
0: i agree and, and this is just a matter of personal opinion but the fact that Zack snyder has said that he has no plan to make any more dc films gives me a little more hope in the dc universe i, I think snyder's one of the more polarizing directors you either really like mm-hmm. him or you don't like him at all and i you know i'm on the latter end of that i i don't like his style um i think he really missed the mark with batman versus superman the justice league man of steel was fine uh, but mm-hmm. like you said they have a lot of like man i i, I almost find dc universe characters more compelling and those are the characters that I, mean, I grew up on more. Until so.
1: Iron Man came out, no one knew any of those Marvel characters. And now, you know, every kid has a Captain Marvel and Black Panther T-shirt. But
0: Guardians of the Galaxy, yeah, literally. Like, who are they? You know,
1: totally. So it is interesting that it has been so hard to do anything cool with these characters besides Batman. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, my two cents on the the Zack Snyder thing, though I. I personally, you know, I agree. I didn't love the things that he did for DC, but I did like the direction he was going. I think there, that he had a lot of cool things planned for Justice League 2 that now we won't get and a Man of Steel sequel. So I am regretful that we're not going to see his full vision play out because I think that it was very clear in Batman versus Superman and, and it will be more clear in the the Snyder Cut of Justice League that he had a lot of things Planned and was laying a lot of groundwork which is maybe why people weren't as receptive to those movies and you know it's it's sad that we're not going to see that payoff anytime soon.
0: Yeah so you're saying maybe if people would have been a little more patient uh, with his you know with his overall vision then it could have worked out but since... I mean that's
1: kind of what I think I mean I think they had a lot of studio interference pulling the, the direction of the DC movies in all sorts of ways and You know, I think they really needed that one person to kind of be the vision of what they wanted. And Marvel has that with Kevin Feige. And I think if they would have given one person a little bit more control, we might have gotten a more cohesive batch of DC movies instead of the, you know, the mismatch we have right now.
0: Yeah, you got to You got to give creative control, like full creative control, or at least most of it to one person or one entity. Otherwise, it becomes a smorgasbord of a of a movie and kind of messy, you know, I mean, yeah. the most obvious example is giving full control uh, to Christopher Nolan for the dark Knight series, you know, like yeah. he, he did what he wanted uh, and they turned out great. So I, I think you might be right. If if they would have just let Snyder do what he wanted to do, then maybe it would be a different story and we'd, we'd yeah. be having a different conversation right now.
1: And it is also hard because um, justice league was interrupted and, it, uh, he had a personal tragedy halfway through filming and was replaced with Joss Whedon, who has notoriously gutted most of that film. And the thing we saw in theaters is nothing like what we're going to be getting in March with the Snyder cut. So I'm excited to see that. And maybe the fact that we're getting that alone is huge, but maybe the fact that if, it is response, if it's a positive response, maybe people will push for more Zack Snyder DC stuff.
0: Yeah, yeah, I'm, I, I think I'm going to give it a shot. I'm going to give the Snyder cut uh, a watch. So we'll see. But uh, speaking of the DC universe and justice league, uh, tell us about the Ray Fisher drama. Oh yeah. So this
1: has been just the latest development in a, a very long saga of Ray Fisher who played cyborg in justice league and his complaints with um, the aforementioned director changed during that movie. So, Uh, The news that just came out is that Ray Fisher's Cyborg has been written out of the upcoming Flash movie. He was supposed to have a pretty substantial side role, and now it looks like that won't be happening as a direct result of all of the, the drama that he has been having with Warner Brothers specifically. So kind of the root of it is that Ray Fisher had a lot of issues with the way Joss Whedon, Jeff Johns, who is one of the writers, and uh last guy walter hamada who is the uh the president of dc movies so he had an issue with the way all three of them were handling the reshoots and felt that they were being disrespectful harboring a toxic work environment and all of that kind of stuff so he has been all over twitter and the internet kind of complaining about them calling him out directly there was a investigation that is said to be closed now and we don't know the full details of that and what they found but it's been a big back and forth of both warner brothers bashing fisher for either not being cooperative which fisher immediately denied and then fisher just not holding back on anything about you know the fact how much he hates joss whedon and how much he hates all these other guys so uh it's been a lot and it's been interesting to watch this development there there's been other uh justice league actors like jason momoa who have supported ray fisher i don't know where all of the actors stand on it they've all been pretty quiet because i'm sure they want to preserve their future roles in that universe so it's it's a crazy unfolding saga that once we get the full story can't wait to talk about it all
0: awesome not awesome for ray fisher yeah Uh, but yeah I, i think we'll know more as the situation evolves and man, it's that's tough that he's been mm-hmm. written out of a franchise role. Cause that mm-hmm. is money. And uh, there's even going right. to be
1: a cyborg movie at one point, but that yeah. obviously won't happen,
0: <laughs> man. Yeah. That's like uh man, like black widow, right? Like Scarlett Johansson writing herself at a, out of the avengers because you know she starts like causing causing problems not that ray fisher caused the problems but it's just a big deal it's a big deal yeah it is and it's sad to see anyway there have been some details that have come out about the dexter revival season uh so tell me what's going on so this is
1: pretty exciting it it has piqued my interest and I'm now I was already interested in the show but I'm already excited now so the main antagonist was revealed and he's going to be played by none other than Mr. Krabs himself Clancy Brown and he's going to be playing a character called Kurt Caldwell I don't know and he's a kind of like an unofficial mayor of the place that Dexter ran off to to become a lumberjack at the end of the show which we don't have to talk about how terrible that ending was. But anyway, so the description of the character is kind of like a, you know, this truck driver guy who is a self-made man. He's very powerful, very generous. And he is kind of like the guy who's either on your side or he's your worst enemy. So it seems like he and Dexter are going to be crossing. And I could not be more excited for this idea of like a, a truck driver mob boss being Dexter's new uh, antagonist.
0: So you are excited for this? I revival. am excited. Cool. I am excited. I think Maybe they, they have a
1: chance co- to do something cool. Do something that'll satisfy fans, and I'm. I hope they do that.
0: Right on. The internet is rejoicing. The world is rejoicing because after twenty years on PBS, Caillou has been canceled uh this is pretty funny actually so this is a children's program that was created by a bunch of developmental psychologists and <laughs> canadian show too it's it's like one french of french canadian most, yeah it's like one of the most hated children shows ever i think and it's just funny that it ran for 20 years like there are facebook groups yeah. dedicated to hating <laughs> caillou there are like groups of adults that like hate the show like like pitchfork mob like mob mentality mentality like let's take down Caillou, you know, like let's get it canceled. Um, let's and so, get the little bald kid. <laughs> so I, you know, we could talk for a while. It's been probably like 15 years or more since I've seen Caillou, but I think the main problem is the character, the main character himself, uh, is that a lot of parents find him intolerable. Uh, I was reading an article that said that. And I don't know, what 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 are your thoughts on Caillou? I Ka- mean,
1: U? I don't hate Caillou. I don't have any strong opinions about Caillou, but I mean, I've maybe watched it once or twice when I was little.
0: That just makes me think of when I was a kid and watched the Disney channel shows like sweet life of Zach and Cody and my dad would come down and watch for a couple of minutes and then just say how horrible yeah, the exactly. show was. And like, then I would yeah, realize Josh or yeah, <laughs> I would realize how bad it was and it would just ruin it for me. Um, but he was just opening my eyes to, uh, to a better way, I think
1: um, he was, but he's wrong because Zack and Cody is an amazing show. So I, I don't think his beef was with Zack <laughs> and no, Cody. I, I know was,
0: <laughs> some, some maybe sweet life on deck. You know oh, that's fair. Lower tier. <laughs> that's fair. So Loki season two. So the first season of Loki is coming out this year, but season two is already in the work. So so it's the first Marvel show of all of these Marvel shows scheduled to come out. That is getting a continuation. So, that I, how do they make that decision based like, like without, um, without the first even season even having come out? I guess they just, I
1: guess they have faith in in the story and they, they have cool places they want to go. So, I think that, I mean, I really, I don't think the season one's going to be a flop. People are going to watch it. People love Loki. So, I think it wasn't premature at all, but it does make sense that things like, WandaVision and Falcon and Winter Soldier, they're a little bit more of a gamble, I think.
0: So yeah, Falcon and the Winter Soldier will be a flop, mark my words. <laughs> I don't think Loki will be a flop, and I don't think WandaVision will be a flop either. Um. So anyway, interesting. Yeah. Season two. Yeah, we'll see happening. which other
1: shows get a season two. Okay, so when we left last time, we gave each other Christmas gifts. I gave you the pleasure of watching What We Do in the Shadows for the first time. And I can't wait to hear your thoughts.
0: Oh, I had so much fun with this movie. It Good. was just a delight. So of all the movies I watched over break and I'll get to that later, What We Do in the Shadows was my second favorite. It, I knew it was gonna be great and I, I had wanted to watch it for so long, but I, I thank you, Nick, for giving me that final push. To, to watch it uh, it was everything I, I was hoping for is everything I expected uh just a documentary crew filming a couple of vampires that, that live in a flat in New Zealand in modern New Zealand so funny every time I looked at Taika Waititi's character with his kind of this like half you, cringe you half smile <laughs> uh Oh, it just, I was laughing out loud the whole I can't movie. even
1: stop thinking about it. And hear, I'm hearing you talk about it, and I can't stop laughing.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I want to see it again. Like, right when I finished, I was like, oh my gosh, I want to just restart it and watch it all the way through again. Uh, some of my favorite moments were werewolves, not swearwolves. <laughs> <laughs> the pack of werewolves they run into, and they they have this rule for some reason yeah. that they can't swear because they want to be like good members <laughs> of society or something. Hey, hey, hey!
1: hey don't yeah. swear. Sorry, they they yeah, st- we're werewolves, know. not swear. What are we? Were-
0: werewolves, werewolves, not swears. Um, Stew was stew. so <laughs> funny to me. Like I, I loved I Stew. not and just he's he's the <laughs> friend he's the friend of one of the vampires, and he's just like this i think he's like a software engineer or something just a, a human man like with the most r- normal boring guy ever <laughs> just the most normal looking guy and he just hangs out with them and they're so cool with him and they're protective of him they love him so much yeah they
1: just- <laughs> <laughs> like the scene where Stu hooks um his character up with, like, the video camera and Skypes his old oh, servant yes. who's, like, in his 90s. And he's like, Master, I waited for you for so long. I've, I'm so old. I thought you were going to make me a vampire. He just turns
0: here and He hangs up. He's like, you put the wrong postage on my coffin. And then, yeah, the guy just goes <laughs> off on him. So uncomfortable and hilarious. And then I think my favorite scene which was also a little bit disturbing was when uh Tyka's character brings home a girl uh, that he's you know he's planning to drink her blood because he's a vampire and he's he says like he wants her experience her last few moments on on you know living to be pleasant and so he has this nice evening with her and she thinks she's on a date and uh, then once he starts once he bites into her, he just makes a mess, and her blood's just squirting out, and he's trying to like catch it in his mouth. <laughs> Sorry, it's probably graphic. No, but uh, <laughs> and it just gets everywhere, and that was that uh, that scene like ten out of ten. I yeah, love this movie. So good, so- and then
1: yeah, they were talking about it after, and then. Vladislav, the other one of the other vampires, is like, we're vampires. We don't put towels down. We don't do dishes. <laughs> I love that they also tackle like the real world flatmate issues and roommate um arguments, but they're they're vampires.
0: <laughs> yeah, and they get mad at each other and they go <sighs> and they fly up at each other. <laughs> so- Oh, uh, anyway, so because I watched the movie, I, I'm now, I, I got started on the show, I think I'm about seven episodes in to the first oh, season. Oh, nice.
1: Isn't it so good, too?
0: Ah, uh, y- you know, I'm I a love little disappointed. I'm you are? a little bit disappointed. Oh, no, I the love the characters. I know, I know that, I know you love the show. I, I'm still watching it. I enjoy it. Yeah. I really like, uh, um, is it Nandor?
1: Nandor, yes.
0: I like him, I like Guillermo, and I like Colin Robinson, of course, <laughs> the energy vampire. But the other two, the the girl and uh, Laszlo. Name. Uh, Nadja. Yeah, Nadja and Laszlo. Oh, I don't. No, Laszlo is awesome. I just don't find him funny. I don't find him like I just any any scenes with them or storylines with them. I'm just not into it. Whereas with the what we do in the shadows movie, all the characters were enjoyable to watch. Yeah. So I'm 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 still watching it. I okay. You know, it makes me laugh. But, yeah. Uh, so I don't Give- get give laslo
1: a little another chance because i just love that actor too the guy that plays him his matt berry matt berry yeah he's yeah. been in a couple other british shows i've seen toast of london and the it crowd and he's i think he's just such a funny actor so maybe that i already had that going into it so i i knew i'd love his character anyway
0: fair enough but in summation i loved my gift it was a great gift so <laughs> thank you nick oh
1: you're so welcome
0: what about you
1: Yes, I watched Sicario, Denis Nice. and I loved it. Yeah, so good. Um, It was another, yeah, like you said, a movie that I probably wouldn't have watched unless I just had like that push. And I think the main thing for me, I loved the performances. Oh my gosh, Emily Blunt was amazing. I've never really seen her in a leading role other than A Quiet Place. So it was really cool to see more of her than obviously Josh Brolin, Benicio, and... Um, the Get Out guy. I can't believe we keep forgetting his name. Oh my <laughs>
0: goodness, I can't remember either. Um,
1: uh, okay, Daniel Kaluuya.
0: Oh, there you go. Okay, he's also I'm in sorry. Black Panther, yes. right? Yes. So yeah, I was so impressed though. So you you said what you liked most about it was the cast or the yeah performances, performances
1: were standout. and then also obviously the the way that the tension is built in the show or the movie is unbelievable. There were moments where I was literally so, my eyes were so glued to the scene and I was very tense because you don't know what's going to happen next. Yeah. like watching breaking bad at times.
0: Yeah. Some of those breaking bad episodes where all of the exposition and has culminated in an intense moment. And we've talked about some of those episodes. That's actually a really good comparison. Sicario is the best example of any movie I've ever seen of building tension and oh, yeah. keeping my eyes on the screen. So, and no, there is something, the, the, the the tension, the way that they build ten, tension, in the movie, that the knee does it and writer Taylor Sheridan is cool because a lot of it is also subtle. And an example of that is when we first meet Josh Brolin's character, I don't know about you, but you just feel that he's, Slimy kind of, but he's just like Uh he's just like this FBI agent in flip flops and a Hawaiian shirt, and I just felt there was something so unsettling about him.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of that. I think same with Benicia's character. There's a lot of mystery surrounding those two the whole time, so you don't really know what their agenda is, what their motives are, and that makes them potentially dangerous. And then you know you'll you'll get the random one offline that's like hey not a good idea to go into the bank and then you're like oh my god what's going to happen in the bank
0: <laughs> true true and i i just always think of the uh the border scene where they're oh yeah that stationary was awesome. uh yeah this movie's in my top 20 it makes me happy that you watched it and also that you enjoyed it well, so how many absolutely. of Denise movies do you still need to see so there's blade um, runner 2049 which you've seen yeah i don't know actually then, i've
1: i've seen prisoner i've seen um
0: uh arrival you've arrival, seen arrival i've seen arrival sicario so you've pretty much seen yeah most of them most of them gotcha yeah he's a guy oh, i watched ones. i watched the rest of his movies over break i haven't that I seen, seen enemy i
1: think enemies is maybe the biggest um release one that i haven't seen
0: Yeah, I saw that over break. It was pretty good as well. So Denis hasn't made a bad movie yet, and I don't know that he ever will. But Merry Christmas to both of us. So before we get into uh, a look back at 2020 and and what came out uh, during the previous year, I watched more movies in a short amount of time than I think I ever have. Because of the theater room that I that I talked about. <laughs> and so just by time, I'm just going to go through every movie I watched. And these are in order of favorite to least favorite. Wow. Okay. So we've got Alfonso Cuaron's Children of Men. What We Do in the Shadows, at number two. Denise Sandi or Incendies. The Hunt with Mads Mikkelsen. The Queen's Gambit miniseries. Enemy Soul. The What We Do in the Shadows show. Moon weird little sci-fi movie with Sam Rockwell. Logan, my second viewing. Me Before You, horrible movie, horrible <laughs> film. The message is like the worst at the end of the film, like it's the worst message I've ever Does seen. Doesn't
1: have Daenerys in it?
0: Uh Amelia Clark. Amelia Clark yeah, yeah, yeah. Daenerys, oh, Daenerys Targaryen. Yep, yep, it's got her. She was fine. And Sam Claflin was good too, but the problem was the themes. But yeah. yeah. And then uh, finally, Wonder Woman 1984 was the worst, Uh, one of the worst movies I've ever seen. Uh, I also, season four of Game of Thrones is not at the bottom of the list, but I watched on the big screen, oh my gosh, the second to last episode of season four and the finale. How did season four
1: end again? Can you remind me?
0: So yeah, I don't want to spoil too much, but the 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 second to last episode of season four is the when the wildlings finally yes 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 yes, yes. that's all you need to say yep. watch, yeah <laughs> yeah oh, that, oh that's that an amazing episode is, oh my gosh dude oh one man. of the best yeah one of the best and watching it with surround sound with the giant yeah. screen I felt I felt uh, I felt like I was and, in heaven
1: oh all of the Tyrian stuff in season four too is incredible
0: yeah, and in the finale, yeah, I don't want to give anything yeah. away, but there are some huge things that happen. Yeah. His, like <laughs>
1: his trial is his like the speech he gives. And all dude with Pedro Pascal's
0: character and oh, the oh. viper. Oh. Oh. <laughs> oh, it's amazing. So I'm taking a break from Game of Thrones because I just I'll probably get back into it this week or next, but I just didn't want to burn myself out of it. And after finishing like such an incredible finale to the season, I just felt like, you know, I'm going to give it a few weeks, let it marinate, like, and then come back yeah. to it. To, to I finish. will
1: say, not to lower your expectations, I think season five is one of the weaker ones. There, There's a couple of standouts right at the very end, but overall.
0: But I know season six has your favorite episode. It does. Show, and so. honestly,
1: I mean, season five has probably my second favorite episode, but it's m- like the only good episode <laughs> from that season
0: so that was my break oh i also watched tenant for the fourth time watched a couple star wars <laughs> movies tried to watch the phantom menace again phantom menace sucks <laughs> Jar Jar except B- for the end yeah except for the last 15 minutes maybe pretty much so what did you watch over yeah
1: break? i mean i was hanging out with my girlfriend a lot and we love watching survivor like i've said so we watched a couple seasons of that then i made her watch empire strikes back as well finally nice and then what else did i do yeah i did soul wonder woman as well and now i've been uh starting better call saul because never had seen that before i we can talk about that a little bit more later but you yeah that, i not been too much else
0: what uh anything memorable happen on survivor
1: um, well all of it happened about 12 years ago so i don't think it's <laughs> memorable but <laughs> Still hey, fun to watch. If, you don't,
0: if you don't know who wins, then what's the difference between <laughs> yeah, watching? Exactly. Oh, you know what? I also forgot to mention Kelsey and I watched the premiere of The Bachelor. Ooh! And we'll—I think we'll be watching it every week. Um, Maybe really I should get it. into it
1: then, so that we can talk about it every week.
0: I just like Kelsey doesn't like TV and movies nearly as much as I do. So when she really, when she's excited about something, I just really like watching it with her. And that Aww, and The Bachelor that makes has see a
1: good husband. <laughs>
0: The bachelor's also just has that guilty pleasure hook where you don't feel good about watching it, but you also in- enjoy it. So there's that. It's not all because of Kelsey is what I'll say.
1: Love it. Okay. Awesome. Well, I think we we both have had a very successful break in the last couple of weeks. So now let's, let's move on to our main topic, which is looking back at 2020 and all of, the, the movies and TV we were graced with, and then we'll look forward to 2021 and be bitter that we didn't get most of those movies this year.
0: Yeah. 2019, I think was one of the better movie years of the decade. And so it's funny that it was followed by 2020, which was a complete crap show <laughs> and most big, uh, big budget movies and uh, studio films were postponed to 2021. We got some good streaming service releases. Uh, we got a couple, like you said, Soul, Wonder Woman towards the end, but it's just, it's been a weird year for sure. Been. And normally we would have more to talk about, I think, uh, than we do now. But yeah, we're just going to talk about some of the movies that stood out to us the most.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And and TV shows as well that came out this year because while movies were pretty um, dialed back, there there was some some amazing TV this year.
0: Yeah, and why is that? Because you make a good point. There, yeah. there were almost no movies, but TV shows, a lot well, of I good. Think, Sorry, go ahead.
1: No, I was just going to say I think the main issue is you know TV shows. They they always make their money either from subscribers or ads. You know, movies want to go to the box office, and when we couldn't have anything in theaters for a long time, no, everyone pushed their stuff back to twenty twenty one. But shows could continue because worst case scenario was there production for the next year was pushed back.
0: Yeah, you, you make a good point. And there were some examples like Fargo uh, season four, which was postponed from April to September. And I'm sure that was the case with uh, some of these other shows. But as a whole, yeah, there was definitely more to appreciate from TV this year than movies.
1: Exactly. So what was the last movie that you saw in theaters before? How about, let's say, before the pandemic?
0: Yeah, so there was kind of a runoff from 2019. There were so many awesome movies, especially towards the end of the year, that I Mm -hmm. didn't have the time to see. So I think Parasite was actually the last movie I saw in theaters, Wow, which that's a good one to to end on. (laughs) So and then I think maybe Little Women, the Greater Gerwig Mm -hmm. adaptation was also one of the last ones I saw. I don't know. What about you?
1: The last one I saw was Onward because it came out like the first week of March. Oh, wow, and so you really slid it in. Yeah, I slid it in like just in time. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: Yeah. Right so on. that was the last one. I'm I'm glad I got to see that one though. I mean it, it did come to Disney Plus soon after, but I liked that one a lot.
0: I liked it too. I think I liked it more than like the general audience
1: reviews. Yeah. Um so I mean, might as well just talk about it. Did you like it more than Soul?
0: I think they're they're really different. So I liked Onward more with respect to the characterization. Mm -hmm. Like I I felt like I could relate better to the main characters of Onward than I could Soul. So I think Soul's message and themes were a little bit more existential. And uh, really thought provoking, which I appreciated. However, the characters of Soul weren't, like they, they didn't quite do it for me like some other Pixar movies and onward I no, just I really liked I really liked the brothers, uh, their mom like I felt invested in the family, and I wanted to see them find closure and and be happy, whereas with Soul I, I wasn't as invested. Does that make Agreed.
1: sense? Yeah, no, I totally agree. And I I think I also preferred onward slightly. I I enjoyed both, but I I don't think I'd put them at the top of my Pixar lists by any means. And um. I, I don't know. I, I think Soul was great, obviously, like we said, but it will be interesting to see if kids really understood it. I know my mom hated it, which is kind of funny because that was her main issue was like, why is there a movie about death, you know, that no one's going to be able to get it? Kids are going to hate it. So she she did not like Soul at all.
0: <laughs> that's that, that's funny that Mary Jane wasn't on board. Uh, but I think that's why I liked Soul a lot is because it did tackle... Some more mature themes and it felt like it was made yeah. almost more for adults than for kids. There were there and were I liked that things. There's for something evolve. wrong with that. Yeah. I the, the
1: overall theme was, you know, I think finding joy in every day to day life. I don't think it had to be too much more existential than that. That if for kids that won't get that at all.
0: Absolutely. One of my favorite movies of the year, and we've talked about it a little bit, was Sorkin's Trial of the Chicago 7. And when I think about my favorite movie from 2020, it was between Chicago 7 and Tenet. I gave the edge to Tenet, but um, I, there's not much more to say about Chicago 7, except that I've seen it twice and I loved it both times. Uh, great direction, dialogue, the performances, might be the best that I saw this year. Sasha Baron Cohen. I agree. Um, Eddie Redmayne, Mark Relance. Uh, really just went all in for their characters. Kind of understated performances too. No overacting, which I really appreciated. But yeah, I'll just leave it at that.
1: Yeah, something just really quick. Something cool that I thought uh, or something that I thought was cool. I read this this week that Aaron Sorkin was doing an interview and he said in a quote, you know, I've seen tons of times where the crew they'll applaud after a scene, but he said he's never seen anything quite like the roar of applause that Sasha got after the testimony scene that he gives.
0: Wow. That's really cool. Yeah. Dang. I, you yeah, his, I, I think he should win an Academy award. Uh, I know the Oscars are, you have to do campaigning yeah. and they're political, but we'll see. We'll see. Yeah.
1: I think it'd be cool, especially cause probably piss off a lot of, people that like Rudy Giuliani.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. So we differ a little bit, Nick, in our opinion of Wonder Woman 1984. And we've, we've already mentioned it. But why don't you tell me this? What did you like about Wonder Woman 84?
1: That is fair. Okay. Um. So what I liked, I enjoyed that it was, for the most part, a lighthearted superhero adventure film. I think that's the kind of thing in tone that Wonder Woman deserves. I thought the action was well done. I know that you probably disagree, but I think that it was fitting with the the tone I just mentioned. And I honestly liked Kristen Wiig until she turned into a CGI character at the end. Other than that, mostly weak. I mean, I it's not like I'm saying it's amazing. You're saying it's the worst film of the year but i think (laughs) it's like a a very mediocre at best
0: movie underwhelming
1: underwhelming okay like my main issue which i just could not get over and i'm sure you couldn't either was just the initial premise of the wishing stone or whatever
0: yep it's a glorified monkey's paw or a (laughs) genie's lamp it's like the infinity
1: gauntlet but not cool at all
0: (laughs) yeah that's Well, yeah, and I'll agree with you on what you said about Kristen Wigg. I actually really liked her, like you said, until she, for some reason, became a cheetah. I know she wished, like, said she wanted to become an apex predator, but that made her a a cheetah girl.
1: Yeah, I don't like that either. I mean, I don't, I know cheetah is Wonder Woman's like number one nemesis, but I don't know her real origin, but I think they probably could have done something. That made a little bit more sense than that.
0: You can't tell me you weren't let down by that anticlimactic fight between the oh, two, though. Yeah, like
1: it was not good. I'm talking about maybe the the beginning scenes I enjoyed. And the I know the invisible jet thing was very corny, but I was glad that they finally gave her an invisible jet. And you know, the fireworks were just kind of fun to watch. So it was a lighthearted <laughs> moment, but
0: yeah, my my main issue is you know, with a lot of movies, it's a question of style over substance or substance over style. And if you argue that this movie was going more for style, then I would say that it did not look good. Uh, The action sequences were clunky. The convoy chase scene was horrible. Uh, The I know I'm not being very specific here, um, but for example, there's just a random like couple kids playing out on the highway. Yeah, the that was military convoy yeah, approaches. That, the and, convoy and, was, and
1: then she's like, "I need the stone." <laughs> and do, do you remember
0: when she scoops up the kids? They're like dolls. Like she scoops <laughs> them up. Like you, they're you. It's so, I think it was the effects yeah. that was that were really. Bad. I don't know.
1: I just think Wonder Woman's powers maybe weren't flushed out enough and the other times we've seen her so we didn't really know what we could what she could do so then we didn't know you know why is she just spinning around on this lasso thing and not flying and then she eventually does fly and you ask how come she can't fly in batman versus superman so i don't know
0: <laughs> it's I, it yeah is a little weird and that's the thing i can forgive plot holes i don't care yeah. about new powers but they need to they need to look good you know yeah. like so and then and my other beef my other main beef Uh, Because you already talked about the entire premise was flawed. Uh, The 80s setting was more of a gimmick than anything. Yeah, I think they wasted it. I completely agree. It felt like a Stranger Things season three, like Starcourt mall. And it was offensive to me to go from Wonder Woman, like winning World War One to fighting like petty thieves in a shopping mall. (laughs) In uh, DC, that yeah, was
1: but that was like to show that she's, you know, the hero of the people and you but know she, helping is out the like whole Spider-Man? people. she like Spider
0: Man? Like she had like a Spider Man role at the beginning where she's catching like brides that are falling and and like just <laughs> yeah, doing like little menial just in the side friendly quests. neighborhood Wonder Woman, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but
1: uh, yeah, no, what like what you were saying though, I think there was a much more badass Wonder Woman uh, early on that. In the the development of her character, because something else that came out this week was Zack Snyder released a never before seen photo from Batman versus Superman. Oh yeah, it was kind yeah, of I like saw that, that stock photo that they didn't really know what the Wonder Woman director was going to do because Patty Jenkins hadn't been hired yet. So Zack Snyder kind of invented this story of her during the Crimean War, and it's a picture of her with like two holding two beheaded people, and she has like a samurai on one side of her, and then a bunch of other um soldiers with her, and I think that would have been a really cool story too but
0: that was awesome yeah. I mean and, and that's the thing Nick all the pieces were there to have a good movie totally with Kristen Wig uh Pedro Pascal like you had a good supporting cast you had the momentum from the first movie and uh, you know I, I keep saying like last thing I'll say last thing I'll say and just adding more if they would have oh man they didn't need Chris Pine in this film he was oh, kind of gosh, shoe- yeah, shoehorned. Shoehorned, and he into was wasted too. He didn't really do anything cool, and I he, don't know. It felt like his purpose. Yeah, like you, you use the word underutilized, which is perfect. But his his role was just to make jokes or like crack jokes for the audience Mm. with reactionary humor about what, what is this? I'm in 1984. I'm from 1911. Like, Oh my gosh. And it it wears off pretty quick. I mean,
1: yeah, it wore off quick when Captain America did it in the Avengers movie. I mean, that gimmick isn't that funny.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. And it it had already been done in the Marvel universe. So ouch. I mean, uh, the only
1: funny, the only funny fish out of water joke was when Captain America said, it was like a, a reference about Wizard of Oz in Captain America pipes up so quickly. Oh, I know it, I know it. <laughs> yeah, see. It came out in the 30s, and of course, that's the only thing he gets. So, yeah. <laughs> I liked that one.
0: That, that is funny. Whereas Chris Pine, I think they showed all the jokes in the trailer anyway, so none of them. And he them had really a weird
1: hit. fashion
0: montage
1: <laughs> with a lot of fanny packs.
0: Which wasn't, which again, that, that tone was not super consistent with the rest of the movie yeah it was confusing um but anyway you you had at least a few positive things to say about it because you're a more positive guy
1: yeah maybe maybe that's it (laughs) all right then i did also i guess i forgot to mention this i finally watched mulan uh last week and yeah didn't love it thought it was just so so i didn't i think my main issue was like the antagonists i didn't like the witch girl or the the he's not even a hun
0: now i don't remember what they call them but and then the
1: chi i don't know i didn't like that part either
0: it's interesting because one of the best parts of the animated version of mulan was the villain was the antagonist and to change that and put in the witch and some other dude uh which were not as intimidating where you know that you you don't feel Mm -hmm. that the stakes are as high and then they took out music which I guess you could. Argue I could have it. been
1: fine with that, you know, whatever. But some of the other changes, the the Phoenix thing, the the Chi being pretty much the Force. I don't know, <laughs> a rip
0: off of the Force. <laughs> yeah. It was it was kind of a pretty looking movie.
1: Oh oh absolutely. And I thought the cast did a really good job for the most part. All of the the main actors, Donnie Yen. Yeah. Loved to see him again as the uh, leader of the army
0: yeah what do you think about the actress that played mulan oh i thought she was good yeah um i've
1: never seen her in anything before i don't think but no i yeah i thought she
0: did well cool yeah i was not a fan i actually didn't finish the movie Uh, i tried twice (laughs) and will not be revisiting unless i have kids down the road and they're like hey i want to see exactly Mulan."
1: (laughs) yeah um and that, I mean that's kind of same thing with Wonder Woman for me at least I just didn't love either didn't hate either
0: Yeah you're you're more uh I th- I think I just once I realize I hate a movie I just get angry about it and I can't concede any You uh, have to
1: ruin it for everyone yeah. else too. <laughs> <I'm
0: just kidding. laughs> I have told a few people not to watch it. So I'm anti recommending it. The reverse okay. recommending.
1: Yeah, you told me we couldn't recommend Wonder Woman 84. <laughs> which I thought was funny. Fair but funny.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so those are the movies that we I mean not not our favorite not, movies yeah. uh, but movies that most
1: noticeable most yeah talkable.
0: So Soul, Chicago 7, Wonder Woman, Mulan. Um and then just by title alone we'll go through some of the movies that came out this year Palm Springs uh, with Andy Samberg on Hulu, Bad Education, The Invisible Man with Elizabeth Moss, the Five Bloods, a Spike Lee film, which was one of Chadwick Boseman's, or if if not his last uh, movie. Actually,
1: his last role is Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, which I haven't seen either of the Five Bloods or Ma Rainey's, but I need to. Then we also got Onward that came out this year, The Social Dilemma, uh, the amazing documentary on Netflix that is more important now to watch than ever. And another documentary that I enjoyed was called Class Action Park that came out on HBO Max. It's about this insane adventure park in New Jersey, and it it's hilarious.
0: <laughs> Interesting. Maybe we'll have to throw that on a What to Watch Wednesday yeah, or definitely. something. Yeah, definitely. And then there was Borat subsequent movie film. Nick has the full title memorized. Just kidding. <laughs> uh Birds of Prey or the Emancipation of One Harley Quinn or something like that. Did I almost something get
1: like it? That. I think you I think you mostly got it.
0: <laughs> Which Nick, you said was better than Suicide Squad and better than Batman versus Batman versus Superman or something like that.
1: Yeah, well I said better than Wonder Woman eighty four for sure. And then oh, okay. yeah, I agree. Also better than Suicide Squad. Um yeah. Just Margot Robbie's Harley Quinn is the best part of Suicide Squad, so it was smart to give her her own movie. And Ewan McGregor is uh, the main antagonist, and he is looking like he has the time of his life playing that role.
0: Love me some Ewan. Yeah. Then Mank, David Fincher's film, is on Netflix, starring Gary Oldman as a disgruntled screenwriter that contributed to Citizen Kane, regarded as the best movie of all time. And Tenet. Which was your favorite movie of 2020, Nick, or was it? It was. Spo- I spoiled it. it was it was. <laughs> I've seen Tenet four times. How many times have you seen it, Nick? Only
1: once, so I know <laughs>
0: <laughs> we we don't we don't need to spend more time on Tenet. I would just say the second viewing was my favorite and everyone I've talked to said the same thing. So I would just recommend you see it one more time and then maybe leave it. I'm waiting
1: for it to be cheaper on iTunes before I rent it or buy it again.
0: (laughs) Fair enough. And then as, as we mentioned, it was a heck of a year for TV. So why don't you, why don't you uh, get us started with the boys? So if you haven't been following
1: the Amazon show, the boys, I, I could not, recommend it more. I think it is one of the most thought provoking and also hilarious shows that's out there. It's uh, executive produced by Seth Rogen. And it is pretty much a, you know, a direct commentary on the superhero genre. And it kind of the, the premise of the show is kind of this dark mirror of what the Justice League could be if they were all greedy and Um, use their power to have unlimited gains so it has really cool social commentary in that way on how you know unlimited power has to have consequences things like that but then just the action is enjoyable the the characters are great uh Carl Urban is in it and he is one of the standouts then also it's just funny because Some of the violence that they, it's very graphic and the violence is a little over the top, but sometimes in a pretty jaw-dropping, hilarious way, not because of the violence that happened, but because of the context of it, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, that definitely makes sense. And I think the premise of The Boys is fascinating because you're basically taking the superhero genre and flipping it upside down, you know? You're just... Oh, absolutely. And I think there's a certain satisfaction that comes from watching superheroes die (laughs) after uh yeah so many movies in the past like 12 years about superheroes and how amazing they are there haven't there haven't been enough superheroes that tackle moral ambiguity i think civil war captain america civil war kind of started to dip their toes into that you know like the moral ambiguity and Mm -hmm. like because you could see both captain america and iron man's side and that was really cool. And, uh, I think the boys is, is taking a deeper plunge into oh,
1: Absolutely. That. I mean, it's, it's things like, you know, what if Superman was really a homicidal maniac kind of questions or, you know, what if there is this corporation that is using these supers to create movies and thousands of other profitable, uh, entities and it is just so so interesting in Giancarlo Espinito appeared in the season two as the new antagonist so thank you kind of, yeah he's the the villain the perfect tv villain
0: yeah can't really go wrong there so he's got better call Saul right now Mandalorian and and the, the boys. boys now yeah right on Fargo season four came out which I was really excited for, especially because Noah Hawley, who did seasons one and two and basically created the show for television and adapted it from, from the film, came back for season four. So it's set in the 1950s. Uh, Chris Rock stars as a mob boss. Jason, Jason Schwartzman is the boss of an opposing mob. And basically the premise is that these two mobs, in order to keep the peace, or these two gangs, whatever you want to call them, they swap children so uh, a a child from one gang is being raised by the rival gang uh, in order to keep the peace so it's cool and Fargo's an anthology series meaning it's different cast different story uh, every season but set in the same universe I'm about halfway through Fargo I was watching an episode every week as they came out and then Mm -hmm. I realized I'd rather just binge it so I waited for all the episodes to come out and yeah, that's on my watch list. I need to finish it up. So mm, yeah, so no, s-
1: me too. I I haven't even started it because same thing. I kind of wanted to wait for it all to come out, and then I've just been busy and kind of forgot. So uh, it, though you said you've seen the first couple episodes, how would you rate it so far, especially in relation to the other seasons?
0: Yeah, that's. I mean, that's the question, right? In relation to the other seasons, it's good, not great. It's okay. still probably better than. 90 percent of what's on tv yeah but for me the first two seasons of fargo are maybe the best television that i've ever seen ever Oh, they're incredible uh have you seen season three yes so season three for me was a little bit of a drop-off in quality still entertaining i love you and mcgregor obviously Mm -hmm. and so i think season four I don't know. The jury's still out. I obviously need to finish the season, yeah. but I don't I don't think it'll be quite on the same level as the first two seasons. Fair.
1: That's fair. Um, Something else that came out this year, which is kind of funny to look back on and what a cultural moment it was, was Tiger King. That remember when that was, you know, the pandemic was everyone was watching Tiger King.
0: Yeah, I was like this whole thing. Carol <laughs> Baskin. Uh, There was a song. That they made for her on TikTok, or just and she was on of... Dancing with the Stars this year too. <laughs> we live in a weird world, Nick. We really do. Did you like Tiger King? Oh, loved it. So entertaining.
1: I mean, who doesn't love seeing crazy people do crazy stuff?
0: <laughs> yeah, and it's it's interesting how that became a cultural phenomenon, how one series can kind of catch fire and everybody's talking about it versus other things that fly under the radar. You no, know? totally.
1: So, okay, question for you, though. Do you think this would have been uh, successful had people not been sheltering in their homes and had more free time to watch TV?
0: No, I, I don't think so. I think that definitely I don't think so either. contributed to it. Because there's
1: dozens of true crime miniseries on Netflix, and none of them, except for maybe Making a Murderer, have really caught this much attention. And I don't think, you know... I think there's some plenty out there that are just as good as Tiger King, but it's interesting that this is the one that stuck.
0: Yeah, I it, it it's cool because it's a piece of 2020 culture. You know, yeah, like if totally. you look back at the year, um, there's a lot to unpack with that show and why people like it so much, but we will yeah. we'll, uh, leave that for another time.
1: Yeah, and we also have a lot of Tiger King projects that are now in the work as a direct uh, cause of this, because the Nicholas Cage is going to be playing Joe Exotic in some project, and uh, then also we have Kate McKinnon is spearheading a separate project where she's going to be playing Carol Baskin.
0: Yeah, Kate McKinnon from SNL, right? Mm-hmm. She's an Emmy-winning actress. Well, that will be interesting. That's that's the one thing I that kind of exasperates me about. Uh, the visual entertainment industry Mm -hmm. is that once there's like one popular thing then we get like nine I know it's gonna be
1: like a Tiger King movie two random Tiger King TV shows I don't I don't know yet but there are multiple projects
0: another I guess it's a mini series not a not a TV show um, but that was my personal favorite from 2020 was the Queen's Gambit I had mentioned that I was looking forward to this for a long time. And then I finally watched it with Kelsey over break once again in the theater room for maximum effect. (laughs) And I was really impressed with this series and I don't know, maybe we should spend more time on it another time. I've said that about a million things, (laughs) right? I wish.
1: (laughs) Yeah, no, I think that is a good one to come back to though, because I watched it too and really enjoyed it.
0: I think. Man, I don't I don't want to open a can of worms, but the movie was it was a great feminist series, I should say, without being feminist, if that makes sense. Like I, I just enjoyed watching Anya Taylor Joy and her character navigate her life. And basically I, I just think it avoided a lot of the mistakes that other shows or movies make, meaning that the, the series wasn't about her trauma, right? Like her childhood, totally. those things just added texture to the, and uh, context to the story. And also they didn't show us everything from her past. Right. Mm-hmm. And, uh, also I guess it, it was kind of an underdog story on three different levels for me. Uh, the first and most obvious level would be Anya Taylor-Joy's character, versus her demons, right? And uh, the trauma from her past and being raised in an orphanage. And, um, and then the other level is chess players against the otherwise, you know, other competitive fields. And I think it, we, we got to see that in, in chess, there, there was this cool kind of collaboration, right? Mm-hmm. Because chess wasn't getting a whole lot of respect back in uh, the, the 60s. And then I guess the other underdog story would be the United States against Russia during kind of the Cold War era, or I, I guess pre-Cold War. But um, so it, for me, it was just kind of like underdog story, underdog story, underdog story. And it, it just layered really nicely. And the ending was really satisfying for me.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. I think you said it all very well. I enjoyed the Queens game, but fully. I know that Anya Taylor-Joy has said she's open to do more with the characters. So... You know, who knows? Fingers crossed, we we had a second run. Um, only though if it's gonna be a meaningful story. I don't wanna see more just for the sake of it, but I think they could do a lot of cool things, maybe you know, following her after a giant loss or something and seeing how that takes her down after beating the best.
0: Yeah, that would I I'm I would be nervous about more uh more with the character because I think they ended it perfectly, but just like any good thing, like I said. Uh, They always find a way to ruin it. But Anya (laughs) Taylor-Joy, Anya Taylor-Joy was named uh, Entertainment Weekly's Breakout Performer of the Year. So she is going to be in everything in these next few years. And I'm excited. Was she named that for her role in New Mutants? new it's not fair it's not fair to link her to new mutants because that movie what didn't they film that like years ago like, like three... in
1: 2017 i think and it only came out this year because of the fox disney mess
0: she's she's also i think she was in the she was in peaky she blinders in the witch too right the witch split um m night charlemagne's Movie, you know, with James McAvoy and yes, um, so yeah, she she's been in some things, but she, I I see her taking kind of a Timothy Chalamet role, um, or track I should say in that she's only going to be in more and more things. Oh, totally. I mean, she's we didn't mention this in the news
1: today, but she's going to be in the the new Mad Max movie. So yeah, lots of stuff coming from her. Can't wait to see. Uh, The last one that I want to spend a little bit more time talking about is Dave that came out this year. So Dave is the show uh, about created and written by Lil Dicky. He uh, stars as an exaggerated version of himself as he navigates the way to becoming the greatest rapper of all time. And this has probably been the funniest new show that's came out this year. Just because, I mean, I had no idea how much charisma uh, Lil Dicky had. And I know his music videos are known for being funny. And I, I, you know, I've been a fan of him for, for a little bit, but him as a a leading man in a TV show really impressed me. And, uh, it's just one you really have to check out if you haven't yet, it's an FX show. So you can catch that on Hulu.
0: I know you've compared it to workaholics. Do you think that's a worthy comparison or which do you like more?
1: Dave? I do. I think it's, it's just funnier. It's, uh, I like all of the side characters a ton in Dave. He has a roommate and a a girlfriend, a couple of people that he works with at the studio. And it, it also, the show does a really good job about tackling some pretty serious issues, too. One of the side characters has bipolar disorder. Another one is, you know, struggling with relationships. I think, I don't know, it's just, it's really interesting to get a hilarious show that also has impactful moments that are done well.
0: That's actually good to know that it's not just dumb humor. It, it's,
1: it, yeah. It it's t- not just like penis jokes and that because that's, you know, a lot of what Will Dickey does. I mean, there is right. stuff like that, but it's done in a way that's funny in the context of the show. And it, it's the joke is more of the entire p- picture instead of just the the penis joke or whatever it is.
0: <laughs> right on. Uh, some other shows that we're not going to spend time on, but that came out this year, The Haunting of Bly Manor, the follow-up to The Haunting of Hill House, uh, McMillions, Ted Lasso on Apple TV, season two of The Umbrella Academy, which I know you like, Nick, uh, season four of Rick and Morty, now this next show I really recommend. I don't know if you've seen it, Nick. It's called <laughs> The Mandalorian. Oh, uh, is it? Two.
1: Isn't that a that's an Amazon show, right?
0: No, yeah, no, Quibi,
1: Quibi. Sorry, it's
0: a Quibi show. Uh, Dark season three, which I really need to watch. Dark. I've heard amazing things about it. Uh, the Crown, which you love. Ozark season three. Sex Education season two. Uh, season six of Shit's Creek, which we've talked about. Season two of the Harley Quinn animated show right yep and then season two of what we do in the shadows which we've also mentioned hot dang we've covered a lot of material so far Nick how also. you doing you need a you need a drink of water you need to stretch
1: um well I might go take a shower quick and then I'll I'll be back in a quick five
0: <laughs> there's just like 15 minutes of dead air <laughs> just while I wait um just my light breathing into yeah. the microphone so what was your favorite show from 2020
1: well the Mandalorian season two I have to give it to just because of the emotions it stirred inside me and how phenomenal it was on so many levels and I'm furious that you haven't finished it because I need someone to talk to about it and besides that though the the new show that I enjoyed the most was probably Dave
0: yeah and you've already uh, sung the praises of Dave and we need to get that show out there because I don't think a lot of people have seen it. Like they have Mm-mm. the Mandalorian. My pick is also pretty mainstream. It is the queen's gambit. And I've already explained why. So great year for TV, lots to enjoy. And I have a lot of homework to do a lot of homework to do, meaning a lot of shows to catch up on.
1: Oh, me too. I mean, I I'm didn't even catch up with all that 2020 had to offer. And now we're in 2021 now.
0: Ooh. I wish I could just watch TV as a job. Like, we got to find that somewhere. That has to be a job. It's got to
1: be out there. Who do I got to call? Just go on Indeed or Monster.com. Watching TV. um. (laughs) That's all for today, everyone. As always, a big thank you to all of our loyal listeners. Be sure to find new episodes on Monday mornings wherever you listen to your podcasts.
0: And be sure to check out our new What to Watch Wednesdays post on Instagram and Twitter at don't quote me underscore pod for movie and TV recommendations available on the most popular streaming platforms.
1: And also, if you enjoyed today's episode, feel free to leave a review on the Apple Podcasts app. Really helps us out. Peace.